Hello and welcome to Tech Recruiting Podcast. Together, we are exploring the vast world of recruiting in the IT area. We are discussing candidate experience, evaluating recruitment strategies, and sharing best practices with recruiting experts and HR leaders from all over the world. Join us in our journey to imagine the future of recruitment and change the way how companies attract tech talent forever. Welcome to a new episode of our Tech Recruiting Talk, live from the Developers World Congress at the RC22 in Berlin. And today it's a really beautiful day, the weather is brilliant, and my today's guest is as shiny as the sun outside. Today I have really the pleasure to talk Andreas Jaritz. I will explain later on, or maybe we'll explain how we met the first time, it was really nice. And Andreas is the CEO and co-founder of Emma Wanderer, we will talk about that as well. And I just want to start with his personal tagline on LinkedIn, which I really love because I really think it says a lot. Making work from anywhere possible for everybody. Welcome, Andreas. Hello, Rudi. Thanks for the invitation. Um, it's a really great pleasure to be here in Berlin with the great weather, as you mentioned, and here at the, um, the event or two events, actually, that are uh, in, in one. And I'm happy to, to talk with you and uh, share uh, thoughts. As we are already at the topic, and we mentioned it, we had the two big congresses. So it's the Via Developers World Congress in combination with the recruiting festival from Gero Hesse, the RC22. And I think it's the nice combination of bringing developers and their world together with the HR world, which I think is extremely important because there's a lot of uh, mystification and, and misunderstandings out there. So I'm going to help to clarify that a little bit. But first, I would like to start to ask you to maybe introduce yourself in a few sentences, because I think I, I, I try to get through your agenda and it is, your CV is kind of brilliant and long, but maybe you can take out uh, the best steps and stations there. Great. Um, I think it's what you would call a diverse uh, CV. And uh, a couple of years ago, it might have been a problem, you know, applying for a job with, with uh, uh, that kind of CV. But um, anyways, um, I'm from Austria. I'm from south of Austria, from a little village and um, grew up there. And I've got a background in software engineering, actually. So software engineering and business administration by trade. And, but later turned into filmmaking as I studied media and communications uh, in Austria, but also in Spain and in Chile. And um, in my very early career as a student, I got in touch with uh, working remotely, studying remotely, you know, from different continents. Um, I was back then also in web design. So when I was studying in Chile in South um, America, where we had like internet with copper lines, which was stolen like every second week because copper was very valuable. Uh, we had clients in Austria um, to earn some money and to make uh, traveling possible. So we always worked and traveled. And um, I think that's, that's my background here. And um, later on, I was um, with a filmmaking, which was pretty dense and then starting my own family um, with two kids now. And uh, we decided to, uh, I decided to, to take on a ch uh, job, um, a challenge. Um, and was in the Silicon Valley mm -hmm. for an Austrian um, um, software company, for a software provider. And uh, that, was, that was basically also shaping the idea of Emma Bondra. Yeah. As your tagline is making work from anywhere possible for everybody, I mean, if, if, if I want to turn it maybe a little bit in kind of a, a well-known term in the HR industry, I would say it's new work. Or maybe it's a under this umbrella of new work. What's your personal definition of it? 
so new work for me um, basically um, it, it goes back to Friedhof, uh, Friedhof Bergmann and actually it's a process for me new work is um, the daily um, uh, thinking or the daily discourse how I want to work mm -hmm. and it's not a constant uh, thing you know it's always in change we, we change all the time uh, we have hard times changing as people And uh, we need to take a closer look how we want to shape um, the future of work. And I think it's, it's the process. It's more like you can't say you have these six bullet points and then you do new work. It's a process all the time. Is there a difference between the generations that we have in the market as well? Um, yeah, I see huge differences. I think we have like a, a fault line um, between... Like, I'm 40, so I'm in between like the 50-year-old um, and like the baby boomers and and the younger generation like generation set on 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 the other side and uh, i think there's a fault line between 40 and 50 so the 50 year old um, in general you see that they're they're they can't get out of of this mode how we perceived work and what work is and the office culture and things but there's people who would like to change but they always get back to their to their uh, routines yeah I mean, they used to, and I think I, I always call it the adult daycare from nine to five. Uh, so we are taking care about adults in our offices. They're brought in the morning or they're coming in the morning after a stressful ride in traffic jams quite often. And then they're there for six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours, and then they're going home. And within that time, we expect them to be productive. And... Uh, What, what has COVID changed there? Because I think COVID, and there's a new, a new phrase which is, 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 is moving around this uh, kind of great, great resignation. Everybody's talking about it right now. And has COVID changed that in a way? Or what has COVID changed? Maybe that's a better question. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a complex of questions, actually. Uh, I think to be precise with COVID, I think it made us think and rethink how we want to work. And it made visible the amount of bullshit jobs that we actually have out there. If you take away everything, you know, the nice office, which is important that people go to the office, they can mingle and meet people. But so many people were thrown back to the essence of their work and they found out that they were not treated right, they were doing things they actually don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, they grasped a little bit of this what work could be. The flexibility, having the flexibility, not being forced to commute every single day, being in a traffic jam, spending one and a half hours each way. Yeah. So I think it made us open up and the great resignation is kind of a result of, of this rethinking of how we want to work. And I think what, what, what I want to add is maybe that we, we all saw that all the technical solutions are there because... Before that, everybody explained we can't do it because of it doesn't work. Uh, now we've seen that it works and it works brilliantly. And uh, I think uh, just if you look on key account management, uh, where I'm coming from, I come from sales, I'm leading sales teams since many years now. My experience is that it's, it's, it's much more efficient, that it's much more relaxing for the people on both sides because... Normally, a key account manager had to jump in his car in the morning going to Salzburg and in Linz, the customer was calling that he became ill and then had to turn around and, and go back to Vienna. And this was a ride of three, four, five hours a day. And now we can do that in a video call. I think as, as, as 
all these things are really transparent for you and, and you're seeing that. What is Emma Wanderer doing now? What, what is the idea of Emma Wanderer? You told it to me, I know it, and I find it extremely nice. And I think this is a kind of a really good approach to maybe go into that direction. But please explain it to our audience. So in the essence, what we are doing is we are creating um, campuses in nature for remote work. Mm -hmm. So we are actually enabling companies and their, their staff, their employees, to spend time um, on a campus that has a high-end co-working space, but also launch like co-living facilities. So you can work there, but you can also stay there. So um, in an essence, it's where you can spend your vacation, where you can flexibly enter and it's close to nature. So what we are doing and on a higher level is that we want to position Emma Wandra as a company, as a service company for healthy productivity, as we call it, and, and make work healthier and uh, more productive for, for companies. That means if I want to summarize it now for myself, you can rent a kind of an office space in combination with a living space. Yes, exactly. And you can go there for, with a group of people from the company as a company offsite, as a retreat, but also single people, you know, with a kind of, an, of a subscription model where people can go and uh, come and go as they please on a fair use, you know, whatever the, the companies are, want to provide to their people. And how far are you in this process or what, what is the, the, the current, what, what is already seeable and touchable and tangible and, and, and what is the plans? <laughs> you can see the, the first caterpillars uh, at our first site in Austria, um, close to a national park. Um, so we just received um, the, the construction permission um, two weeks ago and we are about to start the construction process of the first campus um, in the process, which means... I mean, it was in record time because from the first moment we spoke to the municipality, it was 10 months ago. So from, from, first, from first touch point to uh, getting the permission, it was less than a year. And that's, you know, it's almost like being lightspeed software developer and, and, and working on your, bringing your SaaS to life, you know. <laughs> so that's a great achievement, but we're still on the very, at the very beginning of everything. And what, what's approximately the size so that the listeners can get the feeling? Is the campus, is it for three persons on three beds or 20 beds or 100 beds? So just to give a, a clue of the size. So we are wor working on a, on a model, on a business case, where we can host up to 150 people. So it's, a, it's really a campus. It's maybe not the size. Some people might fam be familiar with the Salesforce, the ranch. So Salesforce uh, um, created this ranch where people with their families can come. But this is more for me, like not open enough. So one corporate is having their campus, which is totally fine, which is great. And it's a great place. Um, but we are open for, for everybody. And so 150 is bigger than the, the co-living, co-working houses that are around for a couple of years in different different concepts. And it's still small enough so that you have can come with your group and have, have some kind of, of in, in intimate feeling you know cozy feeling yeah. 
And what are the future plans? I mean, there's one now, you'd start constructing it. And uh, this is in a really nice area. I know, uh, know this area quite well because I was doing workshops in my other company and we're doing workshops and a lot of outside stuff. And we have been in this region quite often. And you should go there as listener because it's really marvelous if it's finished because it's beautiful, I think. Uh, what are the future plans? So starting with the one in the National Park Gesäuse in, in, in Styria, we want to branch out in, in Austria to more places like in Carinthia and also in, in Tyrol. And, and now we, are, we want to, or the, the goal is that we build an European-wide platform so that we can bring um, Emma Wandra to a couple of countries. And in the lead there is uh, Portugal, Spain, so we're already active there. We're sourcing uh, um, plots and places and also working on finding partners for the financing of the, the properties, the real estate. So we want to, to make it a European-wide uh, network and giving companies access to that network and giving them the security and and you know the the everything you need from we organize work in this at these places for them just to understand it right that means uh, during winter you there will be a campus somewhere maybe in the mountains and skiing regions where my people can go snowboarding or skiing in the morning or if the sun is fine in the afternoon and the rest of the time they can work there and live there And during summer, this could be in Barcelona or maybe in Spain or in Portugal or anywhere else where they could use the beach. Is that the right idea? That's the, that's the approach, yeah. So give a broad variety of outdoor activities, combine it, but not, you know, it's not a resort where you have program like outdoor activities every day. It's, it, it, there will be community program that is catered to the needs of the companies and their people. So we want to pick them where they are and, and help them to be productive. So yes, skiing, but it's not going to be like five days skiing pass is included in, in, in there. So that's the, that's the idea. But if somebody is really a skiing fan, he can go there, he can live there and he can go skiing. And if the company allows it from the flexibility of the working hours, I mean, this is the approach. Exactly. Good idea. As uh, all these kind of nice re concepts are, uh, look really good in, in, in theory, what are the roadblockers? What do you think is the biggest hurdle to overcome? I have some in mind, for example, if people are moving to foreign countries for company, what are the regulations regarding insurance, working insurance and all this kind of stuff? What do you see as the biggest roadblockers on an maybe legal level, but also on a maybe kind of, I don't know, leadership level or, or understanding of the situation level? I mean, you're totally on point. You know, the, there is challenges when it comes to taxation, when it comes to legal aspects, when it comes to insurance, but you can solve that. So there is ways and um, companies start um, taking the effort and digging into that. What we are doing is we work with external partners, um, starting with Austria, And learning, you know, what kind of uh, setting do we need? What kind of setting do companies need to make it safe in every aspect for, for uh, sending people or allowing their people to go there? So we are in a very early stage, but we already know some of the regulations. We already have starting a matrix where we say, okay, you have to take care of this, this, this. We can solve that for you. So that's also like um, a value proposition that we will help companies and they can trust us on this. And on the other side, the leadership thing is something where 
I mean, our approach is that we want to educate the market as well. So we're in a new market that is that is coming up. So we see a lot of the need of educating, you know, not being afraid of, you know, letting people lose and giving them trust. We, we would also like to um, empower leadership to understand what kind of um, productivity, what kind of opportunities that could unleash for them. So, so that's that's our approach here, and leadership is challenged. Definitely, it's not it's not easy. Yeah, because I think trust and control have to change places. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the, the easy description from, from in my understanding. Yeah, so I, I'm always using this term, but if these two things change places, I think it it, it is much easier. And as we are coming from the developers' environment, uh, and of course, as developers work in agile ways, so they have this kind of scrum plans and they have this kind of sprints uh, maybe for them it's e even easier to implement it because they they have to targets and they know in two weeks from now i have to deliver and honestly even if you are the manager of this team you it doesn't make a big difference if it's doing programming the code in the morning or in the evening or in between or during the night unless he delivers or she delivers when when when, when needed i think uh, she could he or she could go skiing as well so makes no big difference absolutely i mean maybe talking about scrum you know and sprints and things um i would like to add one 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 thing here i think we learned as also design when i was at uh, at parks at the software company in in, in graz they started to design the design department started to learn from the development department their processes how to implement how to build design systems at scale and how to make work you know me uh, measurable and not by counting the hours and charging the hours but the output and that was a great process for me to see where I learned hey actually there's so much to learn here to get from it doesn't matter how many hours I sit with my butt on the, at the desk in the office to what's the outcome of my work. What's the progress, the company, what's the progress we see with the product, with the service. And that's something that also needs to be um, brought to, to companies. And I'd say like more traditional attendance-based um, uh, cultures, you know, where you have to open, open them up. And I think from development we can learn a lot and they came, came a long way you know it's it's proven you know the last 20 years um, not everything is perfect but it's great to learn from development here yes there are many generations working parallel on our labor markets right now so just some studies and calculations it's either saying three four or five so i think maybe it's four uh, how do you address them because they have different needs of course i mean if i just try to, to build an example for our audi audience I think if I'm, even if I'm like, if I like skiing and I, I find this place the most attractive place to work, uh, this Emma Wonder campus, is it, is there kind of ideas of how to solve it? For example, if I have a family or a dog or what I want to bring with me, because I mean, I could either decide going skiing or being with my family. So it's a compromise. So what's your ideas and, and, and solutions for that? I mean, first of all, what I learned, um, if you cater to everybody, you're catering to nobody. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one thing. On the other side, um, we specifically, and that's what we also talk to with uh, potential investors and everybody who is challenging us, that we are currently potentially too broad in the approach yet. But uh, we say we want to 
keep it open at this point. The first campus is also like the pilot where we learn. So we really took a lot from software development. We took a lot from, from Lean Startup. And actually, it's, it's like the pilot where we want to learn. And that this is how we built the whole campus, you know, from coming from, from with the software uh, background. And um, I think we will learn on the way what's the perfect fit. And I think we can't cater to everybody, though it would be possible to focus different campuses on specific needs or specific uh, groups, like more family, you know, more more uh, uh, senior people. And, and there, is, there is possibilities. But if we can put everything, maybe this is our sub campus or brands where you have to focus and you have the family line where you have a couple of campuses mm -hmm. that would be great we see that with other with other uh, uh, brands as well that they are doing that but you have it on your agenda and in, within your thoughts yes yes uh, if you personally look on what's your opinion how would a working day look like in four or five years i think there will be different working days for different people so for some and it it the working day is defined by I'd say the type of work I'm doing it's more like what kind of work am I doing and this will shape my working day you know the the place the time and the time span I, I, I need to work and so the type of work and also a day will be shaped by what in which life phase I'm in Do I have small kids? Am I, you know, the free as a bird senior uh, professional who knows, you know, about job, doesn't have dependencies, needs, doesn't need to be in the office, will be a different approach. Can travel the whole year, you know, the, can work on, on in the morning hours and, and, and do different things in the afternoon, for example. But there will also be some kind of nine to five. I think we will see everything of it, which also adds complexity for management, which is crazy, but I, that's my answer. We will, it, it's not that one thing will, will um, um, dispose and now we don't have nine to five anymore. So that's my, it's, it, will be, it will be more, more diverse. Mm -hmm. And as we are nearly at the end of, of our time, because we could, I think we could talk for hours, yeah. we have to bring it to, to a point. If I would ask you to give not three because three is too much, but two tips to organizations to cover this kind of let's still call it new work or other other ways of working or uh, future work maybe, what is the tips to address it and to get the cornerstone, are the road blockers and this, this this all these kind of ripples out of the organization? What what do you think? So there's two things that we want to um, proclaim or, or educate companies on. It's the one thing that think of work is where work is done best. Mm -hmm. That's for me the approach, like what's the best place, what's the best time for the kind of work. That's work around that, you know, start there and then you can go deeply into all the nitty gritty and the small things. And, and This was a really good one. Could you repeat it? Work is where work is done best. I, I'm not sure if this is really good English, but it's for us it sounds good. It's really good. It's, it's, it's really good. And the second one? And the second one would be actually three terms that also could be like as a guiding guideline. It's um, trust, flexibility and accountability. And that explains for me everything around new work. So trust, people need mutual trust. Leadership needs to build trust in their people that they can work and can be productive wherever they are whatever time they are working. Flexibility means there's no way around. 
unless you are working at an uh, I don't know a reactor or something dangerous and dangerous where you have process and you but you need more flexibility. There's no way around. The whole conference showed every single uh, a keynote was there is no way around. We need to be more flexible. And the third thing is, and that's the responsibility of the people, the employees as well, accountability. Take over, be accountable for what you're doing. Because trust and flexibility can only be given if we can make people accountable. And I think this is like the, the, the lead, the guideline we try as a company as well to work with our with our people with our employees i want to add a fourth one if, if i'm allowed to <laughs> it's failure culture because i think that's needed if you want to do the rest if you want to have more flexibility if you want to have more accountability i think you also have to take care that you have the failure culture in the organization that allows people to make failures but learn from them i think and there we are in europe we are, i think we are still weak still we're talking about it a lot and i totally agree and i will take it for me with me as a, as a fourth but it's still like you, you're not allowed to make mistakes okay so you can't be successful really successful andreas it was a pleasure having you as my guest thank you so much and i personally wish you that you can enjoy the rest of the congresses There's still program going on, and I think it's an amazing program. Thanks that you stepped out of the amazing program, having time for me for this podcast here in Berlin. And for all others listening and joining, thank you to do it. And if you have inputs or comments, just drop it a line. We'll love to learn from you and get feedback and comments. Goodbye and thanks. Thank you, Rudy. Bye.